Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Immortals. My name is Rishi Chaudhary, and I'm here with Ishan Shivanan, an executive coach and wellness expert who is also the founder of the Yoga of Immortals program. Mr. Shivanan, how are you? I'm excellent. Today, we are talking about stress. As you know, stress is a part of our lives, and it can often consume us, affecting our personal life or even our work. As a student myself, I can say that I get most, the most amount of stress from school, and then I bring that home which is supposed to be my safe space. With that being said, how do you handle stress? Are there any tools we can use to handle stress? Definitely, uh, we need to handle stress. Uh, and one of the biggest, most important tools that we have, it is a meditative tool. So there are two approaches that can be taken for stress. One is a pharmaceutical approach and then there is the non-pharmaceutical approach a pharmaceutical approach is uh, you are going through mental health issues there is stress anxiety depression so then we have access to medications and uh, all medications can come with some form of side effects and they are needed at certain times but most of the time if we can have a non-pharmaceutical approach towards handling mental health issues, then we can create positive lifestyle that can help us grow even more and develop a positive resilience for life. So meditation is considered one of the best non-pharmaceutical intervention to battle mental health issues and stress. So what what makes meditation so special? Like, I, I've done meditation myself, but not not all the time does it help me. So what what is so special about meditation? So meditation, think of it as like uh, exercise for your mind. You exercise and your body becomes better. You play a sport and uh, the fitness doesn't just help you in that sport, it helps you everywhere else in life. It creates a better immunity, it creates a strength, you remain younger for a long time, and you're generally healthy. Why don't we have something like this for our mind as well? We have tools in the gymnasium that can make our body better than it was yesterday, well-functioning, well-lubricated, etc., etc., then why not we should have something like meditation also in our lives that can make our mind better, teach us how to deal with all the ups and downs of life in a much better manner and then even our mind can remain healthier and active for a long time. Nowadays there are studies showing that meditation can even help battle early onset dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, any form of a brain degenerative disease. And uh, don't just think of meditation as something that will get us just enlightenment. There are real world benefits of meditation. And one of this is our brain health and our mental health. But at the same time, what you said that uh, sometimes I meditate and it's not that much fun. The same is with exercise. Many times we exercise and it's not fun, but we still do it because it's beneficial. It's like eating your green vegetables. Some people have a taste for it, 
Some people do not, but they still do because the benefits seriously outweigh the one or two predicaments that you may have in that journey. So if meditation is like exercise, right? Um, personally, when I do meditation, it's like sometimes I, I see results, but then most of the times I don't see the results immediately. So, so you go to the gym and uh, you get on a treadmill and then immediately you get on a weighing scale. Will you see the results? No. Exactly. So <laughs> you have had stress for such a long time. You've been doing stuff with your mind for such a long time, going through with issues for such a long time. Develop a habit, work on it, invest upon it. And over time, gradually, definitely, you will see wonderful results. But if you want something immediate, then understand this is a non-pharma intervention. This is not a pharma intervention. It's not like coffee that you drink and you'll get an immediate buzz. Definitely, there are meditations that can act like coffee. But I uh, don't just recommend meditation as a one-time thing that you just use whenever you are in trouble. I recommend it as a preventative and promotive modality so that you don't get in trouble because fixing a broken pot is tougher than not breaking it in the first place. And that's what I believe with the mind. Yes. So you talked about um, meditation being a preventive measure. So that kind of sets me up for the question on how does meditation help us prevent a stressful situation it gives us three things one is resilience one is calm and one is perspective so first of all let me explain stress in the most uh, easy way that i can you have a a glass uh, you know, a nice wine glass and you fill it with hot water. Then you take out the boiling hot water and you fill it with freezing water. What's going to happen? The glass will crack because the molecules inside the glass are not able to adapt with the changes in temperature that are happening in such a fast manner. The same is with us. When the external changes are faster than our mind's ability to cope with those changes our mind sometimes cracks. We are under pressure and we say, oh, we, we've burned out. But we can teach our mind to be adaptive and more resilient. And through that meditation, we have seen that those qualities can slowly be developed. The second thing is what I said, perspective. Here I like to give the example, I don't know if the story is true or not, of Isaac Newton. Uh, apple fell on his head and he thought about gravity. Let's just run along with this story and assume it's true. So the apple fall on your head, it's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, okay. Depends if it hurts. Exactly. Forget apple falling. The coconut falls on your head so definitely that's, be bad. That, that would be bad so things falling on your head let us have a general assumption that it's not nice but it's about perspective things happen they're not good or bad we make them good or bad based upon how we react 
and if we can learn to respond rather than react then any thing that is happening may end up being a teachable moment or a moment that leads to our evolution and it's seen people who are more meditative they have a a broader perspective to life they are much more understanding of situations and they they evolve rather than just holding on to something so that is important and the third thing that i said what meditation benefits and and gives to us is calm people are more strategic when they are calm there's this whole uh, story of a great war that happened in india long back it was called mahabharat and uh, it 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 tells the story of this great warrior arjun who lost the plot just before the war so he he has to give the performance of his lifetime he has been training all his life and he has to now perform he has to you know promise what's uh, deliver what's been promised but just before he just completely loses it and his friend who's this greatest uh, yogi greatest practitioner and teacher of meditation he makes the guy calm down and makes him do this series of meditations that are known as the bhagavad gita and after those meditation he becomes calm when he's calm he becomes strategic when he's strategic he can win the war so if you ask me what are the benefits of meditation what's the most important thing that meditation does for us number 1 it gives us resilience number 2 it gives us perspective and number 3 it makes us calm the calmer we are the easier it is to walk towards success so yes so would you say let's say worst comes to worst and now we are in a set a stressful situation we are currently stressed and how do we do, are you going to say that meditation will also help us make our not make our work performance like die out like oftentimes when we're stressed our work performance can degrade so is being calm will that also ensure that our work performance doesn't degrade first of all uh I don't like this this thing where you know we are meditating to increase our work performance uh, it's it's a tad bit borderlining positive toxic uh, positive toxic positivity because toxic positivity that you are having a sort of lifestyle in which you are milking yourself to the fullest and you are just ignoring your mental and physical needs and then you are using meditation as a cup of coffee in the morning and as a glass of wine in the evening just to function uh, technically yes meditation at that time will help you to push yourself even more but in the long run i don't think that's healthy meditation should be combined as an integrative approach of a self love self healing practice where we is a form of self care and if you are introducing meditation in your life don't just introduce simply meditation that's why when i build up the whole concept of yoga of immortals it has three different aspects to it it has a uh, the physical aspect where we work on the body through yogic principles and yogic breath work then we have the 
meditative aspect in which we work upon the uh, meditation and cognitive development of our own selves and dealing with all the parameters causing stress and the third is the nutraceutical aspect where we are focusing on what is the correct nutrition and lifestyle that we need to follow so it is a holistic approach it is an integrative approach and i think that is more important rather than just saying is meditation going to be a magic pill that i take before my exams and then you know just do the exam then what's the difference between drugs and meditation you use drugs so that you can derive more joy or supposedly i think that's the theory out of the situation that exists and now you are saying i i want meditation to uh push my body even more than i literally am and then the objective here is not to push ourselves the objective here is to love ourselves appreciate ourselves and care ourselves in such a manner that we can live healthy beautiful lives yes so meditate meditation is not supposed to be like a one time pill that you take just because you're stressed and then you just stop it's supposed to be a lifestyle is that what you're saying exactly using meditation just for stress release is like using a nuclear bomb to get rid of mosquitoes it, yes technically mosquitoes will die but don't you think it's an overkill yeah meditation is so much more and yes stress release is a byproduct but uh, then it is a a disease based approach to mental wellness but i believe in prevention is better than cure so yes a lifestyle so meditation not just to clean ourselves but to bring joy in our lives and i think that approach is is much better because many times i've seen this when i'm working with somebody and uh, their only objective is uh, get rid of you know whatever pain or suffering or trauma i'm going through so the moment that happens that's it their journey with meditation ends and it's amazing i i like to uh, share with you uh, an experience of my life so i was in masai mara that's in uh, kenya it's a very nice uh, nature reserve next to the mara river and you get to see all forms of animals and i was sitting with this uh, person from the masai tribe and we were just discussing and uh, i just asked him according to you which is the dumbest animal out of all the animals and i don't know why i asked this question it's just you know killing time because we were waiting for the wildebeest to cross the mara river and it it's just beautiful when all the animals jump over the river so uh, the gentleman told me the most idiotic animal according to him was the wild boar and i asked why why is the wild boar idiotic and i don't know if it's true maybe a biologist can say but that person from the mara tribe he told me the masai tribe he told me that uh, the thing about the wild boar is when the tiger chases the wild boar the wild boar will put its tail up and then it'll start running with full speed and you know he can get lost in the grass he can get lost in the savanna and he can save his life but the trouble with the wild boar what he said was after some time it forgets why it was running and it just starts eating the grass and it said that time the tiger will come and you know eat you so think of it as if according to that man uh, the wilder the wild boar had short term memory loss 
And I find a lot of people's approach to meditation like that man's explanation of wild boar. So whenever the tiger is chasing us, we start running. And the tiger here is our stress, our anxiety, our uh, deadlines. So whenever that comes, we start running. And the moment we can't see the tiger like the wild boar, we suffer through the short-term memory loss. We, we are thinking, oh, why, why am I meditating? Why am I living a healthy life? Why am I eating healthy? What's the point? And we stop and we go back to our own ways. And then the tiger is always chasing us. The tiger is always coming. So if you don't take that head start sooner or later, the tiger is going to have pork chops. So, okay, so what do you say to the people that say, who, who are like this? They only do the, the meditation when they are in a time of need, but then they don't do it later. What do you say to those people who's, who say like, I don't have the time to do the meditation. It's, it's too long. I can't, or the more common thing, I can't sit and close my eyes and concentrate on the meditation. I'm not someone's mommy. So I can't, you know, push somebody if they want to meditate. I'm there to teach them. I'm there to guide them. But I can't make somebody want to want to be healthy. And uh, that's why, you know, there's this saying that uh, the universe helps those who wants to help themselves. So my job is to get the tools out there and uh, help those who are seeking it. And I think everybody has that choice. And I, I respect everybody's choice to live their lives the way they want. I can only suggest in, in this field with me being an expert in meditation, but then it's up to them. And as I said, I'm not anybody's mommy, so how can I push anyone? Right, so you're saying meditation is more of like a choice. It is. Of course, everything is a choice. Breathing is a choice. Eating is a choice. Meditation is a choice, definitely. It's a good choice. So if I want to become healthy and I want to pursue meditation, I have to make changes in my own life to make time for meditation. Meditation is one of the changes that you will pursue to live a healthy, happy and successful life. That is most important. Understand, meditation is for outliers. Yes, a normal person can utilize them, but if you just want to live a very mediocre life, then you're just living it. You know, if you have a six-pack job uh, attitude, whereas, uh, yeah, I go back home, I kick back, I have three, four cans of beer, and then, you know, that's about it for me, then probably meditation is not for you because, you know, that the six-pack lifestyle is easier. Meditation is for two types of people. The one who really want to do something in life, who want to, who have demands from themselves, from being born on this planet Earth, who want to make the world a better place. Because see, whenever you will have vision, definitely you will have hurdles. And if you want to face those hurdles, you'll need tools to either jump over them or blast through them. And meditation is that tool. Or second, if you want enlightenment. When you're going inside, because the moment you'll go inside, uh, you are an artist, you want to go inside, or you are a creative person and you want to go inside, or even if you are a monk and you want to go inside, then you face the other type of hurdles. Then you face the internal hurdles, your internal uh, mental behavioral patterns, and then you have to overcome those. 
and then meditation is the most beautiful tool that you have but people who want to make a journey either an external journey or an internal journey meditation is that boat that ship on which you can sail either internally or externally but not everybody is a voyager not everybody wants to make a journey some people are happy sitting under a tree so if you are a a discoverer if you want to make a journey if you are a traveler and if you want to be a visionary internal or external then meditation is for you definitely so well, my first question is um you talked about um beer um having a six can beer if someone is just doing that instead of doing meditation um they can go ahead and do it so i wanted to ask what is the what is the difference between meditation and like taking your stress out by like playing video games or watching tv does is that not the same thing so uh, there are three stimuluses that you mentioned one stimulus that you mentioned is uh, alcohol that can be utilized so we'll start with alcohol the biggest problem with alcohol is uh, every biggest drunk begins with a first drink so we never know when we are going that route will we be habitual or will we be a uh, a leisure drinker and there are a lot of people who are leisure drinker who take their one glass of wine and uh, you know they are fine and then they can live their lives like normal human beings but then definitely in north america and rest of the world there are those who can't stop and they go down this route and they just keep on going 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 if you look at the substance abuse data we'll see what a big problem alcohol is so uh, it's like this that you know when you fly on an aircraft and you have all this data and it says that four out of 10 times the plane will crash will you get on that plane the same is you have this route and definitely you have this route and people have been drinking alcohol since uh, um thousands of years so but yes there is high risk in this route and if you want to take that route it is there but it's a very risky route plus chronic use of alcohol leads to a lot of health disorders chronic use of alcohol doesn't really solve an issue and uh, this is where i want you to understand the difference between uh, numbing and relaxation so numbing is when you are using uh, chemicals or any form of stimulus even you mentioned uh, television and video games to sort of numb yourself away from whichever situation it is that's causing stress but numbing doesn't give you a solution numbing is you just you just chucking everything under the rug for some time till the time you are drinking or partying it's not like the stress is going away you are sort of making yourself immune to stress it's like i put your hand on fire you get pain and that pain has a purpose you have to pull it out you have to protect your hand so if you're getting stress or you're getting some form of anxiety probably there is a deadline or some work so it's it's your mind telling you let's get it on let's let's do something but at that time when you hand is on the fire you're feeling the pain and i say oh better just numb it 
you know, just drink a lot of booze and party. So you can party mentally, but your hand is still burning and there's a lot of damage that's there unnecessarily. So the alcohol route, I wouldn't recommend it for any child or any any person because I've, I've worked a lot with people who have suffered from substance abuse disorders and uh, it's a very slippery slope. It's a dangerous slope and uh, you have to ask yourself, what's the purpose? The purpose is to be calm, to be happy, yes or no? So when we want to be happy, then why choose any form of happiness that comes with so many liabilities? That should be the question. And the second thing, what you said, TV and, and video game. Even content makers are realizing that people are not using now TV and video game for genuine entertainment, but as numbing tools to get away from stress. That's why in the fa last five years, six years, you'll find that, uh, that the quality of content is reducing. So one of the biggest differences between, uh, let's go back to beer, a recreational user, a drinker, and a habitual drinker is, a habitual drinker just wants to get drunk. He doesn't care if it's whiskey or tequila or beer or uh, gin or vodka or absinthe. He just wants to get drunk and he wants to get drunk fast. He just wants to get in the mood. He wants to gulp, chug, do whatever, get drunk. But a recreational user, you know, the one who is in it for something else, you know, for the flavor profile or the smell or a this or a that, then they will be very particular about what is it that they are consuming? So, you know, you'll, you'll find those guys, they'll go to Napa, they'll have those things made of those fancy schmancy grapes and the fancy schmancy costing and they'll, they'll smell it and they'll take a sip and, and that's about it. That's it. Their journey ends because the journey is for taste, it's not to get high. The same principle applies in content, in video games, television. There was a time when we consumed television and video games as a form of entertainment. So we were very aware and the products were very classy. The difference between uh, Napa or Moonshine, you know? And nowadays the content is like Moonshine. Even people know that, yeah, nobody is going there for real entertainment. Everybody just wants to consume content because they want some form of stress release. So even the TV content that you see is like Moonshine. It, it doesn't give any quality. You forget it in T minus one second after you watch that movie. It's not impressionable. It's not art. Art lives forever. Art is immortal. Art is like yoga. It brings so much value to your life that you're forever changed. You're not the same person. You have grown as a human being. And I see video games and television or entertainment as an art form. And if that is not happening, then then definitely we are not consuming art the way it should be consumed. We are not changing. We are not evolving. When was the last time you saw something that had an impact on your soul and made you better human being? Probably never. There are few games or entertainment out there, but that's about it. And till the time we don't shift our consciousness from numbing to relaxation. And relaxation is something that you do that brings value to you, brings healing and health to the mind and body, 
Relaxation is very, very internal. It brings a sort of calm. And the most important and beautiful thing, relaxation doesn't come with any liability. It doesn't come with a side effect. But numbing comes with a boatload of side effects. The dosage of numbing always has to increase. You know, earlier you could get the same joy from one drink, one game, one TV show. But now it's just hours and hours of the same consumption till the time that result has been taken. And the worst part about numbing is after some time, it just it stops working. You've built a tolerance. You've built a tolerance. Exactly. You've built a tolerance. And now it's like the same thing. It just doesn't, it doesn't, I'm doing it, but it's not giving me joy. So that's why I think it's important that we understand relaxation. And if you are in a state of relaxation, then even games and TV, you are consuming them as an art form. Then you will not be able to tolerate the mindless nonsense content. Then even you will ask for good content. And then our civilization can grow. Because civilization is built on art and science. Definitely. So you talked about meditation. Is meditate? So that kind of confused me. Is meditation, are you saying it is an art form? And I, I thought it was supposed to be a lifestyle. So is it, is, this go, is it like the same thing? Why can't our life be like art? You know, it's an expression. Your life is an expression of who you are. And uh, meditation is a beautiful way of bringing the art to your life and living a life of beautiful expression. So yes, right now it is happening because we are wearing so many masks. Uh, you know, there was this show long back, uh, Go Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. The, the first few seasons were nice, then I don't know what happened. I stopped watching after a few seasons and uh, I remember one of the last seasons I watched, there was this character called uh, Arya Stark. And she was always, you know, she, she went through this training where she could wear a mask and she could change her mask and she could become different people. And I think everybody today is like Arya Stark. We are wearing different masks. So we have a mask that we wear for our friends. We have a mask that we wear for our family. And then we have a mask we wear for our workers. We have a LinkedIn profile, that's a different mask. We have a TikTok, that's a different mask. We have an Insta, that's a different mask. And so many times we are juggling so many masks that in all those masks, people start forgetting who they really are. They start associating with the mask. And that's like a midlife crisis. And you can hit a midlife crisis at 10. So if, if that TikTok profile is me, then who am I? If that Instagram is me, then who is this person who's doing all this work if that is me? And that is what is a crisis. Now, now I don't know my, my identities are broken in between the masks that I used to think I am the masks. And now in all those masks, which is the one that I am? So I spent time developing the masks, wearing the masks, giving personality to the masks. But I didn't spend time in knowing my real self knowing my true self, who I really am. So we are developing our identities externally. We are not taking a deep dive inside to know who we are. So I believe that time, that knowingness needs to come and that can only come through 
through this thing otherwise we'll we'll just be juggling our mask and i believe that if you know your true self then living your life is like an art form what you said but if you are just juggling with masks all the time and you don't know your real self you have not spent time on meditation that self contemplation then even when you look at uh, meditation then you'll say oh then this is a new mask that i have to wear so oh, when i'm going to yoga studio then i'll act all zen this is a new mask this is a new mask that rishi is wearing a zen one which is wearing nice athletic apparel going to the studio doing um you know doing those stretches but the moment i'm out and somebody dings my car remove that mask wear the mask of a being a jackass and just offload at them there's no balance there's no dance there's no beauty there's no coherence among all these personalities that we have inside us whereas when it's an art form then the art just permeates into the artist completely and then everything floats and influences everything else and that's what i try to teach to people and that's why i think it's more of an art and lifestyle is an art not everybody is good at it but the different personalities sorry i'm playing <laughs> the different personalities are you saying um if i'm wearing different facades everywhere they're unique in their own way but are you saying that they should merge into one as a one thing there should at least be some knowingness some balance yes some balance between like being a jackass and like yoga that they should like i'm i'm like so confused right now so uh if there is yoga then why be a jackass okay so think of it this way there's a country and that country has its own petrol reserves so it doesn't need to attack other countries for petrol the same way if a person has his own sense of inner identity uh self respect you know that we need power we are human beings you know there's this whole maslow's need hierarchy and and we need to be content we need we have these social needs etc etc so these inner needs inner strength so to speak so either we have our own inner strength and be at peace with ourselves or we are that country who doesn't have its own petrol doesn't have its own inner strength so per country who doesn't have its own petrol what does it do for petrol it either buys that petrol or it just simply attacks so a person who doesn't have his own self identity his own self measure self worth then one way to get self worth is buy it be very very successful and then be defined by your bling your rolexes your uh, cars your mansions your etc etc you know and the other way is if you if you can't afford to buy the bling then attack a country attack people put them down you know act like a super intelligent person a critique a snob and your line goes up by bringing other people down so you're being a jackass and you're being a jackass because you need fuel to continue living you need some form of identity some form of inner strength and you didn't spend time in developing yours so you are developing yours by thumping other people becoming arrogant essentially exactly so a person who takes that journey inside doesn't need to do that so for him it's an 
art form it's yoga and if there is yoga then why be a jackass you know then there's there's no point to it okay uh, so i'm not saying that you should always have a jackass mask and then you know there's a there should be a merging with the jackass yogi no no if there is yoga there can't be that it's it's, it's as simple as that so, so if you, you can't if you're be calm and relaxed exactly okay. it's an oxymoron you can't be dry and wet at the same time right okay okay i understand now yes okay we kind of verged off of our topic of stress so um well I'll try to bring us back i know when i'm doing meditation or uh, sorry not meditation when i'm when i'm stressed right mm-hmm. um i always have like this how do i explain it like a monkey chatter in my mind mm-hmm. or uh, the best way to describe it is like self doubt how how are you supposed to continue doing meditation if you have this constant chatter in your brain that won't shut up how how are you supposed to get out of that stress how are you supposed to relax if there's a constant voice in your head first of all uh, what is meditation to you for me meditation is a tool to relax me that's what i use meditation okay, for define meditation um something that will calm my mind okay how how draw draw me a picture how do you know somebody is meditating uh when i think of meditation the first thing i think of is someone sitting on a rock uh with their eyes closed and that's not the right definition of meditation there are uh, various meditations that we can do but you are absolutely right there is that uh, the sadhana and samadhi which is considered the highest form of meditation it's like uh, straight away going to black belt of karate uh, yes that exists but what about the white yellow brown etc etc so people are always given the black belt uh, visual and the black belt visual is somebody sitting on a rock in a state of zen and meditating and they are thinking oh i'll reach there maybe eventually probably one day not today today is not the black belt day today is the white belt day and that's why there are so many different forms of meditation which the yogis have produced and they are structured this image exists because there is not the right education about meditation there is a false education there is no structure provided there is no science or research that people have put into it and hence you just tell somebody who suffering from ptsd oh close your eyes meditate how is like uh, sit in a plane fly how where is the structure where is the protocol where where is the training when i was in the monastery for 20 years there was a progression step by step progression there was a system at place there was a teaching there was an understanding there was 10000 years of research behind that whole technique and today to the west all that doesn't come what comes is just a few a few strategic 
names and that names are also not being utilized in the right manner in which they should these are just names that bring value to a brand names like mindful meditation holistic wholesome etc etc i i saw there was this mindful milkshake what how can the milkshake be mindful or if i have it i will become mindful i i don't know the the sense about it but but you have to understand these names these these words they have meaning they come from a living breathing culture my culture i have lived it i've worked hard upon it so i will never go to a child who's suffering from anxiety and just say okay close your eyes meditate it doesn't happen like that there are four steps that we need to master when we are approaching meditation first comes the posture then comes the breath then comes the intention then comes the emotion once we have mastered the basic techniques of each of these four parameters then we start to mix match and slowly progressively take a person to that vision that you are responding to and when he experiences that then automatically he he follows through that so a lot of time people say oh i can't meditate and i say it's not your fault maybe you need a better teacher you need a better technique you need a better systematic approach and my ancestors for thousands of years that's that's what they've done that's their single objective they don't go into uh, anything else they are experts in their one field and that's yoga based meditative protocols which are beautiful form of lifestyle disorder prevention and treatment as simple as that so yes you are right that you can't meditate but that doesn't mean that you can't meditate in the future if you have access to the right modalities everybody can meditate that's what i feel and my experience has shown me okay um to to wrap up this podcast um we talked about stress we talked about meditation um we we've kind of talked about how like stress has affected us in a negative way but can stress be used in a good way is there a benefit to having stress i don't think stress is negative at all i think uh stress is fine stress is biological stress has a purpose when we were uh, in the grass plains of africa stress kept us alive stress keeps us motivated stress sometimes add values to situations what is problematic is how we respond to stress we can either respond to stress in a positive manner or we can respond in a negative manner a correct mental attitude if developed will always take stress and use it as a motivator you know as a passion for example stress has its benefit you go to disney world you go on the rides it's it's stress you go on the first date it's stress and if i take away that stress completely biologically i remove it then you'll even remove that joy that you'll get from that ride or from that first date what makes it memorable is that hint of stress in the back of the mind that that's that's pushing you so always remember stress 
is not bad. According to a yogi, according to somebody who practices meditation and yoga. But what can be problematic is our reaction to that stress. And through this art, this science of yoga of immortals, we learn to live with all these things our body can create and respond to it in a better, specific, concise and strategic manner. And that is the time when stress becomes useful. But then you talked about how meditation is supposed to be a stress prevention. So then what, what's up with that? If stress can be used as a good thing, why are we trying to prevent it? Preventing short circuit. You know, so stress comes, you respond, it's gone. Stress comes, you don't know how to deal with it. It becomes chronic stress. Chronic stress creates um, diseases. And then you have to live with those diseases. So why allow stress to be chronic, unchecked? That is what we are preventing. So we're preventing stress from destroying our lives or keeping it to a bare minimum to where we can handle it? Is that what you're saying? First of all, we are understanding what is stress. More than that, we are understanding what are we? What is our emotions? You know, every time iPhone does an update and it has a new software, we spend some time trying to figure it out. When was the last time we tried to figure ourselves out? When was the last time we tried to fiddle with our own thoughts, emotions, you know, just trying to understand how things work? Right now we are saying, oh, stress, 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 because probably we have not contemplated exactly what is stress, how it can affect us, how it can benefit us, what is meditation and how we can do, you know, all these things, we have not worked upon it. And the thing about fear is, the more things are unknown, the more scary they are. The scariest horror movies are those when you don't get to see the monster. When it is a um, invisible threat, unknown threat. So that's why the greatest horror movies, they don't even show you the stress. And once you've seen the monster, then it just becomes a monster pick. Then it's not even scary. Then it's like, eh. The whole psychological thrill comes when, when you don't know. In the same manner, right now people become so stressed about thinking about stress releases because they don't know. It's an unknown monster. Overthinking about overthinking. Exactly. Overthinking, right. you know, paralysis of analysis. And the moment you go inside and you start meditating, you become better at it. After one week, you're like, really? This didn't seem like that big of a problem. This didn't even look like a monster. It wasn't even a monster. It was this Scooby-Doo thingamajig that came in my life. And all I had to do was like Scooby and Shaggy just remove the damn mask and see that it wasn't even that big of a, of a problem. So... Right now, all these questions are there because exactly, we're just thinking so much about how it's going to be. But things are so simple once we go inside and we are, we, are, we are definitely much more powerful than we think we are. And it's nice when uh, people who practice, they get to know about this. Well, to wrap up this podcast, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk about stress. Thank you. Happy to be here. And to the audience, thank you for joining us today. I hope you were able to learn something in our time together. 
Have a great day and goodbye.